0: Carl J. Kerner and Bruce Maude, authors of *Emotional Gettysburg*.
1: We're joined by Carl J. Kerner and Bruce Maude. They are the authors of the book *Emotional Gettysburg*. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Thank you, for Phil. Having. Thank
2: you so much for having us here. This is great nice to be working with you again.
1: Now, in the introduction to the book, you say that the book is all about emotions, and it's in the title as well. Why what, what, Why was that the inspiration for the book?
0: Chris, I'll let you lead in with that. Are
1: you with, <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: girl. You, you know, Gettysburg is just such an emotional place when you go up there. If you know what happens, um, what was in, at stake for the country, people losing their lives, family members dying, it's, it is such an emotional place. It, it is today, it was back then. And Coral had the idea that he wanted to go up and do a series of paintings and it was very emotional. Coral?
0: I feel that, you know, I was up there as a kid and of course you don't realize, you know, what went on when you're nine or 10 years old or someone, but as an adult, you approach it in a whole different fashion. uh, Seeing what's taken place over that many years it can't help but stir some sort of uh deep feelings and and that's when i uh, approached bruce about the two of us uh, making a trip up there sometime and and uh, uh kind of feeding off each other
1: now carl you guys say in the book that the um that the idea was to do landscape paintings of modern gettysburg uh, why did you not do historical Gettysburg, or what was your thought process there?
0: Well, I, I think uh, I wanted to approach the uh, book in peace, uh, without any uh, monuments or, or or sense uh, sense of violence. Uh, uh, my thinking was as if the fellows who fought there back then would uh, would approach it as if they would see it today, and see it. Uh, as in the purity, as when they saw it, and and have a feeling of uh, a sense of uh, calmness rather than this uh, this violence that took place.
2: Phil, so it's it's sort of the legacy of the the soldiers and what they fought and what they sacrificed for. You know, we had somebody who read read the book and said, "We've really redefined what Gettysburg is like." And you you we have the history in there what happened and why, and just some of the emotional places and just some really the sad places that Carl really captured with his paintings.
1: Now, you mentioned that when Carl, when you approached Bruce about going there, uh, you talked about going to a place that was uh, significant for him uh, where Where did you guys go?
2: Well, we uh, were up there, go ahead, Carl. go ahead, Bruce. We were up there a couple times. Actually, the first time we went to Gettysburg was bef- a couple years before we um, actually Carl's idea for the book. And I remember Carl saying, "Just take me places that meant something to me." And there was a couple I had offhand, and then Carl f- came up later and did his own exploration. But you know, I wanted to show Carl where the wheat field, where I had relatives that, that were wounded. Um, one of the places since I did the book, uh, J. Howard Worts Gettysburg, which PCM was so great for doing that half-hour show, but it was back at Culp's Hill where um, they used to hide runaway slaves and, and just the denseness and we could imagine the soldiers, the Confederate soldiers dying by themselves with comrades around but not being able to see them. Um, you know, Pickett's Charge. We could have probably done a hundred. Carl could have probably done a hundred paintings of, of very sacred places. Well, um,
0: it's it's just a uh, a grain in an ocean of opportunities. Uh, you know, when when we went to uh, Culpsville when when we went up there, and uh, we we separated for a little bit and walking down into one of the ravines, within 30 yards, you could not see anything. You didn't know where everybody was. And uh, the sense of uh, desperation or aloneness and yet the beauty of, of the, the greenery and uh, the day that uh, Bruce and I had gone up, uh, there was a little bit of a drizzle uh, and uh, we actually had gone uh, also to where Pickett's Charge was. And uh, the the uh, the crowds were not there that day because it was drizzly, and it just gave you a sense of isolation. And but yet again, the beauty of the uh, uh, of the area is just so breathtaking.
1: Well, let's talk about uh, so that. one more before we
2: before we leave there. If you look on back of uh, Coral Coral's background, that is the painting of um, where Lee met the troops after Pickett's Charge. its in the background there. And and we were riding back in the car and um, we hadn't discussed the various, you know, Culp's or some of the other places that we had visited that day. But way back, we both said this was the one spot that really meant something to us, that we really had a feeling that day that that Carl felt great anger that he... he sure the confederate troops felt because they lost so many of their brethren and brothers and friends and i had not quite that anger but i had sense a sadness probably on the part of robert e lee here he is, troops were invisible he loved them he sent them out fully expecting them to win and they were decimated so i think i was probably one of the low points of lee's uh you know whole time in the civil war and and we both came to that realization from that trip separately
1: well let's talk about that painting a little bit more that's behind you there Carl uh, yeah. why did why did you pick those elements to represent the emotions that you that Bruce was just talking about
0: well I, I think there's so many split rails up there but but when we came across this one particular scene one of the rails was down and I know uh, how difficult was for the the Confederates to go up over in some of these fences because I mean you're sitting ducks when you're going up and over them and just seeing uh, that the uh, the feel of it knowing that you're you're being shot at or, or all this chaos going at on uh, around you and you're trying to climb a fence and knowing that that you're being sent basically to your demise uh, and I just wonder how those fellows really felt. Again, the emotion of it is is so uh, uh, strong, you can't help but be moved by something like that.
1: Now, you were talking earlier about Culp's Hill and your walk around the hill. Uh, the, that painting features boulders and a, a tree trunk very prominently placed in the painting. Uh, how does that represent that that sense of isolation that that you found there? Well,
0: I think uh, the place where I believe a lot of the slaves uh, or the the black people had hidden in there, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, the density, uh, maybe it was a, a feeling of safeness for them too. But yet also, uh, again, uh, all the 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 fighting that was going on. Um, and going into that uh, down in the ravine a little bit, you you could see where uh, these uh, craters or or little dens of, of places of maybe they felt security, and it just uh, you know couldn't help but speak to me to to kind of create that type of uh, work. So
2: when we uh, went that day, Shay um, Allen was with us, and the three of us went down. Um, just over the side, there's a little tower there, observation tower, and we just went down over the side and indeed it was a place where some of the underground slaves were hidden before the Civil War started, but it literally took us like two minutes and even though we went down together, it was so thick that we were separated and we couldn't see any, see each other and we just, uh, Carlos was right, he was thinking, you know if you were fighting you came up you get separated and you're going to die there you know by yourself it's great emotion
1: now another place that you mentioned was the wheat field and uh Carl your painting there called Gettysburg in Winter that depicts the depicts that site uh what did you see there when you when you visited
0: well um Shay and I uh, had gone up there and uh, over the holidays, and there is a little bit of a dusting of snow there. And uh, from what the time Bruce and I were there, and of course his uh, uh, relative that was wounded there, you know, provided a lot of uh, uh, emotion for him and a lot of information for me. And I, I felt looking at the the boulders there, it almost created uh, a lot of sadness uh, that. Uh, with, with so much almost hand-to-hand fighting, I do believe uh, there. Am I right, Bruce? Uh,
2: there, there was. The, the the field went back and forth several times during the afternoon of July the 2nd, and, you know, it was one of the places where a lot of casualties uh, took place, and i was so glad that Carl uh, picked that painting to, to include in the book, because it did have something really meant to me as a lot of people that had relatives that fought and became casualties so. there.
1: Now, one of the figures that's mentioned in that chapter is Robert Henry. Uh, Carl, who is he, and what what influence did he have on you?
0: Well, Robert Henry uh, was from the famed Ashcan School, and uh, he had gone to the Academy of Fine Arts. He uh, uh, was born and raised in Cozad, Nebraska, and he had written uh, a book in the early 20s titled uh, The Art Spirit, and uh it's a book on philosophies of, of the creation uh, uh the book about creation and, and the arts and uh again putting uh, uh, a phrase that you know you, the, the best work you will do will only have uh, emotion and if you add your imagination and create creativity to it uh you know the the emotional part will just add uh, the icing on the cake, but you, you can't, I, I just don't think you can do a picture without having an emotional surge in it.
1: So let's talk about how you created the paintings and wrote the essays, Did uh, the, were the paintings first and then Bruce, did you write the essays in response to that or did you write them simultaneously? What, what was that process? So, like?
2: so you're right that uh, Carl did the paintings and I wanted him to take the lead because as you said, Carl is just such a great talent and his background with the Wyeths, I'm sure he'll talk about, and they have so much of that flavor of connecting with the land and the people and the emotion that I was not going to direct this book. This is going to be led by Carl's paintings and so you know Carl came up with them we we talked a little bit about it what what we did was he'd have a painting and I would ask him basically what you were asking now why did you do it what was your emotion what was your take on it and then I went back and and, uh, written several other books on Gettysburg so I had a pretty good background on the history or knew where to find the information that we needed to To explain the paintings, and then I went and I did the essays to explain what happened, why it's important today, and to include Carl's thoughts.
1: Carl, what what is your process like? Did you, after you returned from Gettysburg, did you did you make any sketches at Gettysburg, or did you uh, come back with ideas? How how does that process work for you? Well, I,
0: I think you uh, when you go there and. Uh, I, you always have to just digest after a a little bit when you've been up there, what what means something to you. But but I do a lot of something called thumbnail sketches, very small little drawings for ideas. And uh, uh, Shay Allen, uh, who's uh, very close to me, uh, she did uh, take some reference uh, photos, which I usually don't use, but it helped freeze an idea that helped me uh, uh, free up my imagination. So you're not uh, uh, you're not coming home and say, oh geez, what was that I saw? Uh, but yet, uh, uh, a lot of the uh, paintings were uh, were sparked by uh, the drawings, and that can only lead to uh, a work of uh, creativity that not, that uh, not necessarily a photo can uh, can supply.
1: So when you're on a site like Gettysburg, if you're at Little Round Top or any of the other sites there. Uh, as a landscape artist, what is your unique perspective? Are you looking at colors and shapes and shadows? What are you, what are you looking for? Uh,
0: uh, again, I, I think when, when I look at uh, something that, that sparks me, I think the very first thing I thought of uh, on any of the, the paintings that I did were, were the fellows that fought there. That, uh, uh, there's, there's one painting that, that uh, I did titled Heaven or Hell, and uh it's done uh, with the only uh part of the only monument that's up a little round top and from the view uh using a, a little artist license you can see a devil's den from uh inside the monument but also the staircase leading up to the uh, uh the, the viewing tower and can you imagine what those fellows were going through it at, at that moment and Knowing that any breath they could take could be their last one, and and that just uh, that sparked me. And and uh, so then you run that by in your mind, like how would you approach this? So so the lighting uh, that you see, uh, it's where you're sort of like God. You're a creator. You know, you're the one that's creating this for the viewer uh, to digest.
1: Now I thought
2: the um, yeah the heaven and Health uh, painting Carl just talked about was probably the most dramatic one in there, and it is the only one with the monument. And Carl just did, he talks about artistic license, and he, you know he he really held everything together and and used that prerogative to make the painting so much you know come to the to alive to you. And the painting that's on the cover of the book, he has two of uh, Lincoln and one is kind of his shadow in front of the uh, witness tree tree was actually there during Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. And I thought when Carl put that together, it was just great. Uh,
1: Bruce, tell us a little bit about the structure that's in uh, the Heaven and Hell painting. That, that's a memorial to a, one, a couple of New York regiments.
2: Yeah, it's basically the 44th New York uh, Regiment. It's it's like a tower monument that uh, a lot of people know about it. And It's right there at the end of the line of the Union defense. It was the left um, flank of the, of the Union, and it, it sits right there, and you can see Devils then right down in front of it. and It's very dramatic. In itself and Carl did a great job again not of doing the monument so much but the elements inside with the light coming in from the heavens and then you, know, you kind of look down to, to the Devil's Den and it was just perfect.
1: Now another thing that is mentioned in the book is uh, Carl your your experience in the past with animals growing up on a farm and uh, animals feature in some of your paintings and one of your one of the paintings in this series also includes animals. How, how did you stumble across that scene?
0: <laughs> well, we we had uh, taken a uh, a bus tour around Gettysburg, and from that view, we uh, it was a double decker. We were on top of the that and looking down, and we passed my Culps Hill or Culps Farm, I believe. And there were some uh, Black Angus there, and I thought, my God, you you cows <laughs> won the lottery because 150 or so years ago, you wouldn't be here, you know, and I just, they were just so calmly living in the moment. And you know, in 1863, those cows would be supper on the table for whoever, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, they were just ravaged. And I thought just seeing that uh, view uh just again it was a calmness
2: about it everyday life phil there's uh also you know a second set of uh, you know victims and that's the animals that, that a lot of horses died and livestock died and i think i did a little bit of uh, you know research and went into one of the essays but there there, there were many light stock around after the, uh, the battle was over and, uh, re- and uh, the widow Leicester when she came back to her her little farm there and that was Mead's headquarters and, and she talked about all the dead horses in her yard and I think people forget that, that the suffering of the animals that took place. And Carl also did a really iconic uh, painting of, of uh, Mead's headquarters with the chimney and the smoke coming out.
1: Uh, well, let's talk about Meade's headquarters. Uh, they There was a council of war there on the night of July 2nd. Bruce, tell us that story.
2: Yeah, it, the Meade uh, gathered around his generals, and it was after, of course, the first two days, and uh, Meade had only been in charge of the uh, Union Army for a couple of weeks, and he wanted to kind of get a sense of his generals if they wanted to, you know, stay and fight or if they wanted to retreat, and it was pretty important question. Meade had no intention of retreating. He was going to stay and fight it out, but he just wanted to see what his generals were like. And that's when they came up. They said, well, you know, Meade tried one flank one day and one flank the other, and we think he's going to come up the middle at us. And indeed, the next day, that was Pickett's charge, and they readjusted a a little bit. So it was a great council of war. And uh, sure enough, right when Pickett's charge or when the cannonading started, uh, the Confederate fuses were a little long and the shells drove Meade out of the Leicester house and about a mile or so down the road. But that was a pretty important structure. And that meeting was very important for a couple reasons. The most important was that the Union generals they were going to stay and stick it out, they weren't going to retreat in the face of Lee this time.
1: Now, Carl, your painting of that house includes a portion of the house and it looks like it's snowing and there's some black birds in the sky. Uh, where did that come from? Um,
0: basically, one sentence, life goes on. Um, it was done uh, basically, you know, after everything had been gone, after, after the soldiers left, and, you know, the, the widows moved back in and uh-huh. just getting back somewhat to normal. That seeing the, the, the smoke coming out of the chimney that, that just that there's life that it just still goes on. Nothing stays the same.
1: Now you have a, a painting of Abraham Lincoln and it's a gray-toned painting. Why, why did you choose those colors?
0: Uh, basically, uh, uh, we were at a, uh, a shop in Gettysburg not far from the ice cream shop and I came across this statue and uh, it was very uh, pensive looking and uh, I referred to that a little bit and uh, just through the gray days of uh, the Civil War uh, you I can't imagine how many times he had his hand up on his collar looking down and just deep in thought wondering what you know, what do I do next? Because, you know, nothing like this comes with a set of instructions. You you live day by day.
2: Phil, also, that gave us opinion, gave us a great chance to kind of look at what else was linking dealing with at the time. Civil War, of course, was the big thing right in front of him and the death and dying, but he had matters in the states. He had foreign governments that were giving him issues. You know, he had the, the treasury and balanced budgets and fights in Congress, so that gave us a little bit chance that Pennsylvania Lincoln uh, painting that did to kind of show there were other issues also weighing upon.
1: Now, another painting that, that is in the book uh, features a chair. It's just a painting of a chair on, it looks like in a field. Uh, tell me the story of that painting.
0: Uh, I had a cousin down in Tennessee that had a Civil War camp chair, and it was, uh, how it ended up there, I don't know but uh, I have it in my studio now, and it was used uh, during the uh, the camps. And uh, uh, I just, again, the simple things in life that maybe the average person would not necessarily uh, think twice about, but yet, seeing something like that amongst the everyday battles or, or plannings and just it's just one little thing that maybe the viewer would not necessarily give a, a second thought to and yet it's something that that was essential.
2: Um, Phil, yeah, you know, also if you take notice from the J. Howard the, the collection, the things that were gathered from the dead soldiers there on the field, both north and south, what met so much. They had photographs of their children or their family. They had a little game to play. They had a sewing kit. I mean, there's just these, all these little treasures that that's all they had room that they could, you know, could carry with them. And if uh, one of the officers had a little room for a camp chair, that was great. That was a luxury. Again, right. it's showing a different side of the... Uh, of the Civil War.
1: Now, another painting that's featured there in another location is the Railroad Cut, which is doesn't get a lot of attention uh, compared to some of the other sites on the battlefield. But you have a painting there of railroad tracks kind of disappearing into the darkness, and there are wild fl- wildflowers. Uh, what was the significance of that site?
0: I, I basically it was the the flowers because the the rails weren't in place during the battle. I believe it was just the cut, and uh, uh, again. Uh, the, the capacity to hold so many people in that railroad cut during a time of battle and being captured and seeing uh, uh, the the calmness of that um, yeah, you, there's so many places there uh, again uh, you know, that that can move you but going over the bridge, the cars going over the bridge, over the railroad, people don't necessarily think twice about it. And yet when you stop and really take a a deep look and realize what took place, uh, it's something that that just moves you as an artist anyway, whether you write or, or sculpt or whatever.
2: Phil, so you're you're right that that part of the field usually doesn't get much attention. It was the first day of the battle, um, that when General Reynolds was killed uh, right near there. A lot of the Confederate prisoners actually ended up in Fort Delaware afterwards. Uh, the Archer Brigade was captured near there. You had Barlow's Knoll, and of course Barlow was uh, wounded uh, severely in that section of the field. So it is an under Kind of view section of the battle, but it, it, it played an important part. And you know, the Confederates almost won the whole day when they pushed the Union through the town and back up to Cemetery Hill.
1: Well, we are out of time. Uh, we've been speaking with Carl J. Kerner and Bruce Mouty, the the authors of the book Emotional Gettysburg. Thank you both for joining me.
2: Phil, thank you. It's been a pleasure again.
0: Thank you kindly. Uh, I have much appreciation. You've been listening to a podcast of PA Books, a production of PCN, the Pennsylvania Cable Network. Full episodes of PA Books, as well as other PCN programs, are available to stream with the PCN app. Visit PCNTV.com or the App Store for details.